Yeah, the Olympic rings, Luke. Yeah. I think it was just designed by someone who just got a compass for his birthday. <laughs> just rubbish. <laughs> it's like, at least, it's like there's, when you've got a magnadoodle out there, he's a bloody magnadoodle. <laughs> don't, don't just do five rings. It's like a poor man's magnadoodle. <laughs> That's a great point. That is a great point. Yeah. It, uh, not, to, not to get you on a technicality here, but would it be a protractor they would have made those circles with? Or do you do the compass with a circle? No, it's a compass. A, a compass? Pro- yeah. I know, luckily, right. there's, luckily there's not an uh, Olympic event for intelligence because <laughs> you would not be in the running. <laughs> that is ex- you wouldn't qualify. <laughs> yeah, the Olympic rings is the doodle you do on the back of your maths book, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's like a, it's like it's one step down from that you know that S that you do with the <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing, or the cube. The day I learned to draw a cube in my textbook, that was a special day. I still bust it out, and I still see on kids' exercise books that S thing, whatever it is. Is that lived on? Has it? No, it's, it's still current. Oh, nice. Why do we have the dramatic chariots of fire music playing in the background? Yeah, I don't know. This is terrible. This is, I reckon this is our worst intro yet. What do you reckon? I reckon he's easily the worst. Uh, let's just get on with the show. Welcome back, Don. Another episode. Uh, I don't know whether releasing an episode about the Olympics during the Olympics is the cheapest ratings grab we've ever gone for, or is it marketing genius? Which side of the fence are you sitting on? I think it's a ratings grab. I think (laughs) we've done it a few times. It's in our wheelhouse. We've done the Donald Trump when he just got, uh, I think it was nominated for president. Yep. We had Kim Jong-un, I think, when he just came into, uh, when his dad died and he became the boss. Yep. We did a coronavirus when that was uh, first starting to spread. We're not. That's true. We are not afraid of a uh, a pathetic ratings grab on a uh, on a current topic. <laughs> All the others didn't work. <laughs> this one may work. I reckon Bruce McAvaney's going to tune in. <laughs> Bruce McAvaney for our US listeners is like a a classic Australian uh, commentator, sports commentator. <laughs> um, I was hoping Don we were going to start this episode with a beautiful reenactment. Of the uh, Amigos Paris Siempre duet from Barcelona yeah. in uh, in '92, you weren't up for it though. Yeah, sorry, um, but you will always be my friend. So the sentiment is there. <laughs> Do you remember that my favourite cover of that was the Norman Gunston and Effie cover of Amigos Paris Siempre? Can I ask, <laughs> out of interest, what your least favourite cover was? Probably the one that we didn't do. That would have. Uh, <laughs> I only know of one cover. It's, <laughs> of all the covers of Amigo Paris Siempre, my favourite was. <laughs> I'll acknowledge up front. I've uh, I've come off my sick bed, so my voice is a little little husky. So Don, you can carry the carry the load today. <laughs> I'll give it a crack. No promises. The Olympics. What are your thoughts? What's your What's your stance on the Olympics? Yeah, I'm for them. I like the Olympics. I like to. You know, it's a common thing that everyone says, but everyone suddenly becomes an expert in uh, whatever they're watching. Yeah, for the ten minutes that they're watching it. But I'm also one of those guys. The I think the Olympics have been going for two minutes, and I sent you a message saying, "Oh, geez, the pool is looking fast in Tokyo. Yeah. It is looking fast." <laughs> Which I did. I went and looked up what that actually means. Do you want the answer? Yeah. So a fast pool is just a deep pool because when the swimmers on the top. 
there's uh, the bottom is really far down, so the waves don't rebound to the surface as easily to cause disruption. So it's just a smoother, less friction um, surface for a swimmer if it's a deep pool. That's what makes it fast. I've been blaming my terrible swimming my whole life on the fact that I've there's always been a slow pool. Ah, it's a yeah, bloody slow yeah. pool. Dixon Dixon Pool is shallow as. That's the that's your excuse. It's terrible. I use it in the ocean, that excuse as well. So it doesn't <laughs> carry as well. Ah, to be fair, I am in the shallow uh, section and <laughs> with the toddlers. You should see you go over the Marianas Trench, though. You are flying. You are absolutely uh, flying. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever wanted to... When you're a kid and you hear these stories, and it's pretty well established we were like grown up in like a Catholic school and everything, mm. and they're going on about the Dead Sea, about how buoyant it is. Mm. Always wanted to go. The Be great. I could feel, I reckon I could swim a little bit better there. <laughs> I've been to a few kind of seas in that area and you do feel as though you were like just, you cannot sink. You were just floating on top. Oh, you've been there. I, I, I've been to a few seas in the Mediterranean that the salt content meant that you were very buoyant. Yeah. Um, it was. It didn't have anything to do with the large lunch you had. <laughs> no. <that's>, uh, <laughs> no. Surprisingly you didn't not. didn't have a no. lot of fizzy drink or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, general buoyancy. When you have no muscle, you tend to float pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) Just to uh, make a big claim, I put a claim on the table uh, when we were talking about this episode during the week. Mm. About 20 years ago, when I was procrastinating from my year 12 exams, I learnt every host city of the Summer Olympics. Right? Yeah. And I sent you a message saying, test me. Put me to the test. I'll bet you I can get... Three out of three on Olympic, uh, Olympic, Olympic host cities. Do you want to? Do you want to take me on? I'll take you on. However, honesty policy. Yeah. Have you revisited those cities and studied them before this podcast? I, I think as we're about to find out, I have not revisited. There are some. Yeah. There are some years that I'm. I'm very sketchy on that. The average listener will probably know, and I will uh, have massive egg on my face. But I, I reckon I spent three days just trying to embed it to memory in 1999. But I, I, have, a, I have a fairly good sense of it. So let's, let's put me to the test. Now, I reckon the fact that you, as taking a break from study, learnt the, the Olympic cities says a lot about you because <laughs> you're also the guy that when you couldn't sleep, you started memorising pi to 50 decimal places. <laughs> it's just... What was that about? That's the... It's, Taking a break from study to do more study is not the smartest thing in the world. <laughs> That's the kind of thing, like the pie thing, I've always thought, is the kind of thing, the story you can't, you hear for like Albert Einstein. <laughs> when he was five years old, he used to study pie to 50 decimal blazes, except <laughs> you haven't amounted to anything. But other than <laughs> it's much more interesting when you're successful in life. But that's... <laughs> It's just a pathetic little quirk without the success that comes with it. It's just a weird... He's like, oh, you're a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) But then also, and this is one of my other favourite Luke Martin things, is you you went on holidays to Europe and what did you feel like doing? You tried to sneak into a psychology lecture at a university (laughs) (laughs) and then you found out and kicked out. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. That is a great day's out. Uh, it was a great <laughs> day for everyone. That's <laughs> a great day out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you on here. Hit me with some. Hit me with some host cities. All right, here we go. All right, first question. 
1948. 1948 was London. And I'm going to say London because I think there were no Olympics in 40 and 44 because of World War II. And I think it was almost like a little bit of a celebration post for London hosting. Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. Unbelievable. Okay, number two. 1930... 1964. See how I did that? Oh, Set you up and then I switched it. Yeah. That was a little switch. 1964, I think it was Tokyo. Yes, it was. Oh, yes. Come on. We're on. All right, then. We're Smarty on. Pants. 1916. 1916? Oh, geez. I didn't think there was one in 1916 because of World War One. Oh, you're good. Oh, yeah. That yes. was a trick question. I'm sure this could be... Have no interest to anyone but myself, but I'm happy with three from three there. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get on with the show. 928. Amsterdam. Five to six decimal places. <laughs> I got nothing. Three point one four one five nine six. All right. On with, on with the show. That was pretty impressive. Just a little, uh, just a bit of fun there. Not a big deal. Let's move on. <laughs> just a bit of fun. Okay, so we thought with the Olympic facts, because we didn't want this to sound like a primary school assignment where we were reciting basic facts about the Olympics. Mm. So, Don, maybe just hit me with what did you come across about the Olympics that you found most interesting or curious? Well, the, uh, the stuff that I found most interesting was more the quirky kind of stuff. Weird past events. Oh, how good were they? They were my favourite. <laughs> okay, let's go through some yeah. ridiculous past events. One of my favourite. Long jump and high jump for horses. <laughs> it's just great. You're on a horse trying to... Like, and to be honest, all these would be interesting to watch. Who wouldn't want to see high jump from a horse? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Actually, long jump would be better. Yeah. High jump just sounds dangerous for the horse. Long jump. Yeah. I want to see how long a horse can jump. That'd be great. I want to see pole vault for a horse. <laughs> I reckon that would be all right. Uh, what else it. we got? We've got tug of war. I'd also be interested in tug of war. It uh, just reminds me of a school sporting carnival, Red House versus Green House. That'd be great. Um, we've got town planning was a no. <laughs> was an event. It was. I didn't come across that. Town planning. Town planning, which is <laughs> weird. Um, live pigeon shooting was in one Olympic Games. I think it was 1900 in Paris. That was, uh, yes. I, th- I read that. They Apparently, they just released like hundreds of pigeons. Well, they, I think they let them go one at a time. Right. But over the course of it. And I think there was 300 dead pigeons on the field. That's right. Because if you missed two in a row, then you were out. And the dude who won uh, killed 21 pigeons. That's and it was huge. Just slaughter house, <laughs> slaughtered field of pigeons. I think that is absolutely disgraceful. I think that was the. I think they saw that scene and decided we will not host this event again. That was a. That was a bad idea. Yeah, that's right. Which says Did a lot because you- in 1900. They had pretty low standards. That's true. That, uh, that stepped over the line. <laughs> did you come across poodle clipping? I did. Yeah, I did come across <laughs> poodle clipping. How that didn't hang around, I have no idea. <laughs> so it was how many poodles can you clip in two hours? And the winner clipped 17 poodles. What an event. That <laughs> was, yeah, bizarre. And so, I think that was only for one Olympics as well. Or it may have even just been like a exhibition or like a... You know when they're bring, they're thinking of bringing one in, so yeah, like a little test event, a test event. Yeah. yeah. Did you read about the swimming obstacle race? It did. Yeah. <laughs> they did like climb up a pole, and then go over some boats, and then swim under some boats. It was like it's a knockout, but for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for the Olympics, it was amazing. 
<laughs> but there's also things like, is it the decathlon where they're like, they're running and jumping and then they have to shoot something and there's all these kind of, it's left over from back in the day, like it was used as a test for cavalry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's still, we're still doing it for still some reason, it. but it's just a bit weird. Yeah. There's no real world relevance anymore. Yeah. And I, in the Googling I did, a lot of them said walking was ridiculous. Now, walking's, I think Australia's had some big walkers and it is a bit weird. Why is, is walking a thing? Like, I don't know why it's a thing, but I don't know why it's so confusing to define what a walk is. Like, I was looking at the definition going, I thought I've been walking for a while, but I'm actually not sure what a walk is anymore. Because the yeah. way that you've got to have the heel and the, the toe and there's certain... You know, there's got to be a point touching at all times. It's very complicated walking. It also looks really funny as well. When you're a kid and you see like a professional walker, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like they're doing a normal walk in fast forward. It's very it odd. Like With a bit of sass. There's quite a lot of sass <laughs> yeah, about that walk. There is. There's yeah. a bit of hips don't lie like, about it. That's for sure. <laughs> there's so much attitude. It's like, chill out. <laughs> Just but chill out of it. My, my favourite previous event was, did you read about plunging? No. Plunging was a pretty much a something that I reckon every parent does with their kid at the pool where you've got to dive into the pool and see how far you can drift underwater without coming up for a breath. Oh, and yeah. you've got 60 seconds to see as far as you can go. <laughs> <laughs> that was at the Olympics. I reckon that's fair. actually pretty cool. What a great event. I reckon that would be good. <laughs> right, so they are some excellent uh, <laughs> previous events. Did you read that bit about how back in the ancient games... People like everyone used to compete naked in every event. I didn't know that. I just went through and imagined each sport and it being done naked. <laughs> Not even a leaf. It was hideous. No leaf. Nothing. Ah, oh, dear. Absolutely hideous. Yeah, like wrestling would be rough. <laughs> that would be graphic. Yeah. Absolutely graphic. <laughs> <It'd be> graphic. <laughs> what else? There, was imagine- a, there was an old sport in the ancient Olympic Games, which is like really old, like seven hundred and seventy-six BC. I think was the first one. One called Pancration. Do you hear about? Read up is, that a ty- is that a type of wrestling? It's like wrestling, but it's like there's no rules. So um, it's essentially MMA. Oh, jeez. But 700 years BC. Far out. Yeah. They probably took t- till they were dead, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine watching the high jump with uh, a bit of male nudity and trying to clear that bar and your little... <laughs> imagine the 100-meter sprint. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be a... What a visual feast. They're flipping and flopping all over the place as it is. And they that's with like some tight lycra there. Imagine without it. <laughs> It'd be just get in the way. Um, what else have you got? Olympics. Uh, the cost. Guess how much it costs. Did you look into the cost? No. Let me have a guess. Guess how much it costs to put on your classic, your standard Olympics. I'm going to say, this could be ridiculous. I'm going to say 700 million. Higher. 1.5 billion. Higher. Two billion, higher. Five billion, higher. Ten billion, higher. Fifty billion, that no, lower, you idiot. <laughs> no, Twelve billion is the average cost of wow. Percentage. And there's a big, a lot of economists are kind of. You know, I think the theory is it's good for business, it's good for tourism, but a lot of economists are sort of saying it's actually not. You're not going to get the benefit of spending that much money. Oh, geez, hard to recoup that. That's enormous. Yeah, and so. It's getting to the point now where they're actually having trouble getting cities that need to or that want to host them. Interesting. Because it used to be, I think the 1984 Olympics, Luke, which was in... 84 was in Los Angeles. Don't repeat the question. Give me yourself more time. <laughs> I know that trick better than anyone. <laughs> Let me just have a drink of water. Hang on. Uh, yeah. Los Angeles. 
1984 Olympics, you're saying? <laughs> it's like you're suddenly you're hard of hearing. Is it, oh, uh, is that summer? 84 that you said there, Donovan? Are we referring to the summer? Okay, yep, summer Olympics. Yep. Yeah. Wow, now that I've got all the facts down, the answer is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that were the first ones because everyone, and still to this day, they're building brand new stadiums nearly every time. And I think 84 was really like a frugal Olympics that kind of recouped their money. Because they, you know, they use existing stadiums and things. Right. So it's a bit of a white elephant, almost. Maybe it's a bit of a white elephant, and mm. and cities are, are catching on to it. So there's less and less people willing to put it on. Yeah, because there is a a lot of repeat customers. There's a lot of Londons, a lot of LAs, a lot yeah. of uh, Athens, a lot of Parises. Um, I, let's go through them all. Let's just start at 1896 and step through them. All right. What else uh, tickled your fancy? Just, I guess, when it comes to getting the Olympics. A lot of bribes flying around. Did you read about the bribes? No, I didn't go into any of this stuff. So this is for the Winter Olympics, the Nagano Olympics in 99. Guess how much they spent on entertaining the 62 IOC members to get their votes. Don't overshoot, please. 50 billion. <laughs> no, get out of here. <laughs> how much? 14 million. Wow. But it says precise figures are unknown because Nagano destroyed the financial records after the IOC requested that the entertainment expenditures were not made public. Yes. I did. I heard it's of it. It's dodgy. It's nearly as dodgy as like FIFA getting the World Cup. I did read a story about in boxing. I can't remember which Olympics it was. Maybe maybe um, somewhere in the 70s. The boxing was like Roy Jones Jr. I think was a, a great boxer who'd landed three punches to one on his opponent in the final. But he ended up not being awarded the the win because of all the whining and dining of the IOC members by the host country. They gave it to the other the other guy, and everyone was like, "This is the greatest farce in the history of sport." Because the guy right. just got smashed for the, the entire time, but because of the bribery, they gave him it because that was he was the who's from the host country. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, there was there was a case of of the opposite where there was I think it was the South Korean Olympics, Luke, which was in South Korea. That was Seoul in 88. Good. Um, I'm I'm really freaking out every time these come up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I get tested? And (laughs) so there was a Bulgarian boxer and a South Korean boxer. And the South Korean guy lost in a 4-1 decision. And basically the referee got assaulted in the ring by the crowd and the South Korean like team and security guard. And basically he got punched a bunch of times by the crowd and had to flee the country. Far out. Yeah, does sound like it happens a lot. Yeah. Before we move on to some of the, the lighter, weirder stuff, interestingly, I read that, like, obviously, the first modern Olympics started in 1896. What year? Obviously. Huh? Obviously. What year do you think women started competing in the Olympics? 1930. Whatever. <laughs> 30 something. Because <laughs> I was really surprised because I thought just because, you know, for all the reasons why um, we're idiots for not doing things equally from the beginning and it takes centuries for us to catch up. Women were competing in 1900. So at the second Olympics, women were competing, which is a bizarre, rare bit of kind of equality and progress. But not all countries participating sent women until 2012. So yeah, right. a really crazy. long lag of, of progress. Um, all right, let's move on to the weird and wacky. What, what are some of your favourite Olympic moments? One of my favourites, which is just since I did the research yesterday, is... The, <laughs> it's a 24-hour uh, favourite. Like yeah, it's been a favourite. It's firmly entrenched itself as a favourite. <laughs> 1904, St. Louis Summer Olympics. There was a marathon. Oh, yes. And many of the contestants had never previously run a marathon. 
and the event organizers, for some reason, withheld water as a scientific test to see what would happen. And <laughs> what a what a perfect storm. You've it's never ridiculous. run a marathon and we're not gonna let you have any water. Yeah. I don't know how scientific it was. <laughs> it was just a test for some reason someone decided. Anyway, one athlete nearly died from internal hemorrhaging after excessive dust inhalation. Um, it ruptured his stomach lining. Ridiculous one guy got chased off the course by a pack of dogs, which is great. Uh, one guy got severe cramps. Fair enough, that happens. Got, um, with the severe cramps guy, I read an article that described it as one runner stopped on the side of the road to eat some apples only to find out they were <laughs> rotten. And then he got stomach cramps and then he had a nice nap under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, this is, I don't know if this is the apple guy, but this is an American guy, got severe cramps, decided to skip the second half of the marathon and then jumped in a car and then rode to the finish line, jumped out, but the officials didn't realise he had driven there and declared him the winner. And then, So he went along with it trying to uh, basically as a joke. And then obviously they found out eventually and he got stripped. That was That's my favourite all-time Olympic story as well. Could have drove in a car to the finish line and was awarded the winner. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. The other one I liked was in Munich in 72. Yep, that's right. Um, where there was a marathon and then some uni student jumped out of the stadium in a full kind of runner's kit and then like ran the last lap of the marathon with the entire stadium cheering him on. And he crossed <laughs> the finish line. Everyone's going nuts. And he was just like a uni student that jumped the fence at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. What year was that? Uh, 1972. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> uh, there was another one, which is not that funny, but there was this, a Brazilian runner who seemed on the verge of like, he dreamed of winning Olympic gold in the marathon. And then some crazy ex-priest uh, just ran out and tackled him. Yes, I read that one. Horrible. And then he ended up like dropping back a few places, didn't he? Yeah, he, can't, he got bronze in the end. But, Ugh, and then rough. it says the Olympic organizers later gave him a special award for exemplifying the Olympic spirit. I'd be like, get lost with your special <laughs> award. Get out of here. You're patronising a award. Yeah. <laughs> this one's not so much uh, kind of weird, but remember Nadia Comaneci? Oh, yeah. Great movie. Remember that midday From we memory. Watched that, we watched the midday movie on her back in probably the late 80s. We just we spoke about it for the next 30 years. It really made an impact on me as a young guy. It was great. I don't know what was so good about it, but it was amazing. When but, she... You know what? I was actually listening to an interview with Ian Thorpe, classic, you know, great Australian ex-swimmer, mm. and who was actually his favourite movie as well. Really? Yeah. We need to watch it again. Yeah, I think I might try to find it. Yeah, definitely. But I didn't know this, and I can't remember it from the movie, but apparently because she was the first ever person to get a perfect 10 in gymnastics, mm. they didn't have enough spots on the scoreboard to show a 10 because everything was a you know, a nine point something or an eight point something. Yeah. That the score came up as 1.00, which can you imagine that moment where she's like, I've nailed that. Looks at the scoreboard. One, are you kidding me? What, yeah. <laughs> what do I have to do here? Oh, that was a good movie. Oh, so good. Let's just see what it gets on IMDb. It's uh, I bet you it's, it's 1.0, but it's really meant to be a 10. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's really true. <laughs> um, it's called Nadia. I don't know how they got that name. And 7.3 Deserves more The other um, random There was a photo that went viral um, I think at the Rio Olympics Where the, it was a lifeguard Sitting on the side of the Olympic pool uh, With the most bored face you've ever seen in your life 
because they were like supervising the world's best swimmers. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. One of my other facts about the Olympics that I find quite interesting, or nah, it makes it sound creepy, sound it's kind of like an interesting fun fact, hmm. fun for them, is how much sex goes on in the Olympic Village. Did you look into that? No. I, I know they, they hand out a lot of condoms, but I'm not sure how many. So I guess how many, it was never previously made public, but the Sydney Olympics told everyone how many condoms they had to bring in. Have a guess. Don't say 50 billion. Genuine guess. Genuine guess? Yeah. Oh, jeez, you'd, you'd hazard a guess. Maybe 10,000? Higher. 100,000? About 100,000, yeah. Wow. Oh, that, yeah, so it was 90,000. And then now all new Olympic uh, villages have 100,000 ready to go. So, and so I was reading on, I think it was ESPN about it. I Googled it. And there was sort of people anonymously saying, okay, this is what really goes on. And apparently 70 to 75% of athletes in the Olympic Village are getting jiggy with each other. Like it's, it's an absolute orgy. That's like schoolies. It's just like schoolies. schoolies. I imagine. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the 25%. No, they do whatever, <laughs> whatever. whatever. Stop talking about it. I was, I was too busy yeah. learning pie in the host cities yeah. of the Olympics. <laughs> <was> learning pie. <laughs> How many decades until someone's interested in me? 3.145. <laughs> I remember reading an article about the Tokyo, these Olympics, where they made what they called anti-sex beds to try and, you know, kind of dissuade athletes from having sex on them. Because of COVID. Was it because of COVID? I think it's because of COVID. What's involved in an anti-sex bed? I've... I don't know, but I've got one. <laughs> you've, yes. had, you've had one for years. Thank you. <laughs> Classic old man <laughs> marriage joke there. Okay, so I think it's actually made to buckle easily. So if there's like more than a certain amount of weight, it'll actually buckle and break. Oh, jeez. Uh, that'll do it. It's made of cardboard. <laughs> it just sounds terrible. Like it's generally uncomfortable all the time. But if you ever have sex on it, it'll collapse. It's, yeah. uh, it's As if the athletes just aren't just, they just go on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like, has to be a bed. <laughs> this will stop them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think that's all the Olympic stuff I had. Do you have anything else? Yeah, no, that's about it. That is the... I love. I do love the Olympics. I probably haven't conveyed how much I love the Olympics, but I bloody love the Olympics. All righty, so that is, the, uh, that is the Olympics, all you'd ever want to know about the Olympics. We've got a new segment we're going to try out. And like most of our new segments, it'll probably never see the light of day again. But here's a new segment we like to call Mum Explains Popular Culture. Now, Luke's been working very hard on a themes tune for this one. Yeah. You, you, remember, you remember how good my last one was with the A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I think it's time for Vegetable Celebrity Showdown. <laughs> that was very good. That was... Uh, one of your finest. Oh, this is even better. You ready? Yeah. Okay, brace yourself. Mum explains popular culture. 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 I can do this all day, Donnie. Listeners, listeners won't hear. It sounds fun. Your face looks like it's having even more fun. You are loving it. I've never seen you quite so animated. That was a great intro song. you got to admit. That was good. It's going to be better than the segment. Oh. Anyway, so I sat down with mum and me and Luke sort of put together a few terms, popular terms that the kids are using. Just wanted to figure out what mum knew about the new terminology that the, uh, the, the little ones are using. So here we go. Okay, mum. We think you're pretty with it. 
So <laughs> we're going to give you a few words just to prove how with it you are. That could not See be if you further know the, from the truth, I'm yeah, sure. Uh, we, we both disagree. So here's the first example. Just say Cecil from Parish slid into your DMs. What do you think that means? I have no idea. Have a guess. Well, maybe it's something to do with M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say lollies. Incorrect. So DMs is direct messages. So if you slide into someone's DMs, oh. it's like... Why do you slide? Okay. <laughs> uh, you don't actually slide. You just message someone. <laughs> AF. If I was hungry AF, what do you reckon that means? Wow. Hungry AF. Yeah. Hungry as a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, incorrect. I'm shocked. Um, it's a family audience. AF means hungry as the F word. Oh, see, I would never yeah. say that. You'd never say that. Hungry as frog is actually better. To say Cecil from Parish ghosted you. What do you reckon that means? Ghosted. Ooh. Um, frightened me? Would that be it? <laughs> that makes sense. No, so ghosted means that he sort of would stop replying to your messages and would sort of Oh, so just would disappear. ignore me. Ignore you, yeah. Oh, okay. If something was lit. Lit? Yeah, like, oh L-I-T. man, that, that sermon was lit. What do you reckon that would mean? Oh, really good? Yeah, essentially, that's yeah. good, yeah. Nothing to do with literature? No, okay. no, no. Just say Cecil once again offered for you to come over to his place for some Netflix and chill. What do you reckon that means? Relax. And what's the... Yeah. That's what the young... Chill, just not do anything much. Just sort of, yeah, relax. Sort of. It, that's the the term for like... Chill out. Chill out, but also like... Uh, how do I say this to my mum? <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Maybe I don't want to know. Yeah, you know, like I mean, put the moves on. Like really? If, yeah, Netflix yeah. and chill. It's like, uh, yeah. No. Um, Cecil would probably do that. No, I don't, don't think so. Hungry as a frog. <laughs> that is. That's my new favourite saying. <laughs> Hungry as a frog. Of all the animals, can you think of another F animal? Because frogs aren't known to be that hungry. <laughs> Unless she was using it like, I'm not hungry at all. I'm hungry as a frog. I don't need to eat anything. Hungry as a frog. Yeah. My favourite bit, though, is subtle, very subtle, but when you ask about lit, it's like, it doesn't relate to literature, does it? That yeah, is. that's good. <laughs> Oh, she's with it. She's very with it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not sure if we'll ever hear that segment again, but damn, that was a good intro intro theme song. That was great. Yeah, you stole the show today. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the Olympics. Uh, go Australia. Yeah. Yes. All right. We'll catch you next time. All right. See ya. Bye.